Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to today's guest speaker, Chris Dew, for this week's message. What is up, Vineyard Church? Chris here. Um, Man, we are in week number nine of our 10 Talks sermon series. Um, And man, this series has been so helpful for me. I hope it's been helpful for you as well to get a clearer picture of how the Ten Commandments are not just old rules from the past, but they have weight in our lives here uh, today. They give principles for living and they point us to a richer um, relationship with the God of the universe. Um, I love how Jesus summed up the whole law. He said this, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he splits up the Ten Commandments. He says one through four are about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then five through ten are all about how to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, But I've been assigned week number nine, uh, which um, if you flip open to Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, it says this, that you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Um, What comes to mind when I hear this is uh, the movie A Few Good Men. I don't know if you've seen it. If you have, it's amazing. If you haven't, you should watch it. Uh, But in the movie A Few Good Men, uh, that it ends in this courtroom scene, and Tom Cruise is in it, right? And he's interrogating this guy at the end of the movie, and it's, it's this climactic moment, and he says, I want the truth. And then the guy's like, you can't handle the truth. And he's like, did you order the code red? And it's quiet. And he's like, you're dang right, I did. And it's this climactic scene of a courtroom of where truth is paramount and uh, that they are having this argument over truth. And this is at the heart of this commandment, a courtroom scene, right? Because back in the Old Testament uh, time period, Uh, They didn't have like forensics and stuff like that. Uh, That the eyewitness testimony was the most important thing in a trial. I mean, if a person actually lied on the stand, it could have weight uh, to actually kill someone else, which is crazy. That a person's eyewitness account, a person's testimony, a person's truth-telling or lying literally had the power to give life or to bring killing about someone, uh, to kill them, which is absolutely crazy. Um, And it's in this commandment of how we get the whole thing about you have to place your hand on the Bible before you take the stand and you promise to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. This is where we get that from. It's from this part of the ten. Uh, commandments. Explains this in Proverbs 18, 21, uh, that your tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Your mouth, your tongue, your words, your truth-telling or lying literally has the power of life 
and death. Your words, Vineyard Church, have massive power. My words have massive amounts of power. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, that your words have weight. Your words have weight, and my words have weight. And if we flip all the way back uh, to Genesis 1 and 2 of the creation account, uh, that we see uh, that the whole world was spoken into existence. Uh, that it was actually the Word of God that spoke this whole world into existence. He brought life through His Word. And because you and I are made in the image of God, we are called to bring life through our words as well. Your words have weight, and my words have weight. And in our words, we can either speak life or speak death. You can either speak life or speak death. So how do we speak life? Got three points for you uh, this morning of how to speak life. Here's number one. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. The opposite of this is obviously lying or even just slighting of the truth or those little white lies or exaggerating. And I was trying to think about it as I was prepping for this message, when was the first lie ever told? Um, if you flip over just a few pages to Genesis chapter 3, that we see Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're hanging out with God. They're eating fruit. They're just chilling with God. And it's absolutely amazing that everything is perfect and right in the world. But then here comes the enemy. And he, he, he kind of crawls up to him and he says, hey, you know that tree over there that you aren't eating from? And they're like, yeah, 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 because we can't eat from that because God told us not to because we'll die. And he says, well, you will not surely die. He's holding out on you. Man, this was the first lie in the history of the world. And lying is the language of Lucifer. Lying is the language of Lucifer. And man, Adam and Eve, they, they said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's eat the fruit. Obviously, you know, he's probably telling the truth here. So they ate the fruit and there was huge consequences because of that. It says this in John chapter 8, that when he lies talking about Satan, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Because lying is the language of Lucifer. And his heart for you is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from your marriage. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from every part of our country. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from every relationship in your life. And how he does that is he wants to influence you into speaking his language, which is the language of lying. Every time we tell a lie, ultimately what we are doing is we are pulling up the spirit of hell into the earth. But every time we tell the truth, even when it's hard, even when it would be way easier to just lie about it, what we're doing is we're bringing the kingdom of God into earth. It explains this in Ephesians chapter 4. And put on the new self, created after the, after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, man, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one 
of another. Vineyard Church, because you have been raised with Christ, put on the new self, which is truth-telling, and take off that old self, which is lying. I remember um, a practical example of this. Uh, when I was about uh, to ask uh, Kathleen uh, to marry me, uh, that I obviously have a sketchy past, and you've heard my story before, I'm sure, but I was a drug addict and, and all that stuff. And I had lots of things in my past that I didn't really want to tell her about. You know, there was lots of uh, past things I had done uh, that I had uh, told other people, like mentors and stuff like that, but hadn't told her. And uh, before her and I got married, I had some mentors that said, man, you got to, like, tell her everything. Tell her the rap sheet. Explain all the things you've done or that she knows what she's getting herself into. And man, it would have been way easier to just kind of leave like three or four of those things out that I was hated and want to take to my grave. Um, but I ended up taking her on a walk one day and just saying, hey, I just, I just want to tell you all this. This is going to be hard for you to hear. It's going to be harder for me to say. Um, and, but I went down my list of things that she needed uh, to know. And at the end of that, she looked at me and she said, hey, but that's not who you are anymore. Uh, but scripture says that all that's paid for. And it says in Ephesians 1 that you're holy and blameless without a spot or blemish. And I don't see you like that anymore. I see you like Jesus sees you, which is who you are now. And man, I'm I'm, I'm, it was amazing, right? It would have been way easier for me to just, let's leave that stuff out, except trust flows out of truthfulness. Trust flows out of truthfulness. And if you want a trusting marriage, and if you want a trusting country, even if you want a trusting church, we've got to make it be all about truth-telling. Because trust is cultivated from truthfulness. Our words have weight. Your words have weight. And we can either speak life or speak death. How we speak life is one. We speak the truth in love. Here's number two. Speak encouragement. Speak encouragement. All over our world right now, slander is our language pretty much. Every time I cut on uh, all the news channels, I kind of flip back and forth. And, 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 and slander is our language right now. Slander is the ordinary language of our country. Man, we're so polarized politically. And, and, and if you get on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook especially, man, you see how slander is everywhere. And slander is contagious, right? It, it, it spreads from one person to another. And if we're not careful even as Christians, slander will creep into our language and we'll find ourselves not speaking life, but speaking death. It says this in Ephesians 4, though, let slander be put away from you and be kind to one another. I love that scripture. It's very clear, no slander. Like put that away from you and instead you should be kind and speak encouragement. And I love uh, the Mike. Tyson quote, and he said, social media has made y'all way too comfortable with slandering each other and not getting punched in the face for it. Um, it's a funny quote, but I think, I think he's true. 
I think he's I think he's speaking truth here, right? That because we can hide behind our keyboard and we can hide behind a screen and stuff, we slander people so much because we know we're not going to get punched in the face for it. So here's my advice for you as you're on social media. This is off script a little bit. Side note. It's so easy to read something on social media and then respond in your emotion, right? Read something that's wrong. And then you like yell and cuss at people and slander people. Like, how about you stop and you think about it for a minute and you pray. And then if you still want to respond after you've prayed, then you can respond. But wouldn't it be crazy if rather than slandering people on social media and uh, all the time in conversations, what if we just encouraged one another? Explains this in James chapter three. With our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. And with our tongue, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I mean, I'm sure up in West Virginia that you're not like this, but here in South Carolina, church people are sometimes the worst at this, right? How it works is we go to church and, um, and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's such a great service. And then we leave the church and we're eating a lot of food together and, and always the magic words come up. Have you heard about, and then you have a name and then you talk about them. And then afterwards you say, and bless her heart, right? Have you heard this? I, I hope it's not like this in West Virginia, but in South Carolina, this is how we roll, right? It's, it's oh man, I heard the pastor. He, he did such a good job. Oh my gosh, that message, that word of God. I just love Jesus. And then we go out to eat and it's, have you heard about Jenny? Have you heard about Jenny? Well, I don't want to talk about her yet. And then you talk about her. And then at the end, it's bless her heart, right? Because if you say bless her heart after you talk junk about someone, it eliminates all the, that's not how it works, right? What we do is we put a religious slogan on the back of slander. It's still slander, right? Like, let's not do that. Let's not talk of, like highly of God and then slander his people who are made in his image. Let's bless and not curse. Let's speak encouragement rather than slandering. I experienced this the other day. I was having just a poor morning with how I was talking. So I have days where I speak and it's so fluent and I'm confident in my calling and I'm, I'm ready to preach and it's awesome. And then there's other days where I'm just not feeling it. And it's like, man, I, I can hardly get words out of my mouth. And like, why am I even preaching? Man, I need to go open up a coffee shop or something. And, and, and I was having one of those days all day, I was, I was just kind of down on, on, you know, calling and preaching and all these things. I had a coaching call that afternoon uh, with a pastor who I really love and respect. Um, and he had watched one of my messages and he was going to critique it. Um, and I hopped in this coaching call, man, and I knew he was just going to roast me, right? Like, he, oh, he's going he's gonna to be like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen and all this. And he did exactly the opposite. Man, for like half the coaching call, he just encouraged me. It's like, man, you, you are an anointed preacher. You did a great job. And the exegesis was spot on. The structure was great. It was funny. It kept me engaged most of the time, right? He, he just encouraged the mess out of me. And I'm telling you, that one interaction changed the course of my day. 
up until that point, I was discouraged. I was down. I was, I was all those things. But then one conversation with one guy literally changed the whole course of my day where I had a smile on my face then. And I was encouraged in my calling. Vineyard, there's so many people around you and I who are discouraged, who are having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or honestly a bad life sometimes. And it's so much easier to man just pass them by or slander them behind their back. But what if rather than doing that, we decided to encourage them? And this is what it says in Proverbs. It says, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to your body. Our words can touch someone's inner soul through speaking sweetly. It's like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Man, what if we just stop slaying, especially in this election season? I know the culture of the world right now is slander. I know that that's what we're getting uh, told on the news outlets, that this is how you talk about people. This is how you tweet about this person or that person. But what if we were the counterculture of the valley? I mean, like, what if we were not just like the rest of the world in slandering and talking junk about this candidate and that candidate and this church and that pastor and this thing? What if we stopped all that and we started speaking life, started speaking encouragement? We would bring sweetness to Wheeling and the rest of the valley, and they would be attracted to our encouragement. Your words have weight and my words have weight. We can either speak life or death and we want to speak life, right? So how do we speak life? One, we speak the truth in love. Two, we encourage, we speak encouragement rather than slander. And here's number three, speak about Jesus. Speak about Jesus. As I was prepping for this message, um, I was just processing all the life-giving words that people have spoken in history. And I was thinking about Martin Luther King Jr., who spoke the I Have a Dream speech, right? It's, it's so famous and it, it, it's all over the place and it has um, spoken so much life into our hurting world. And I was thinking about Abraham Lincoln, Right? He was on the, like one of the best orators in the history of our country and, and have just spoken so many life-giving words. I was thinking about Chris Figaretti and other pastors out there that speak every single week and are blessing their people and have blessed them with life-giving words. Um, I was even thinking about Martin Luther who wrote the 95 Thesis and he took it and he nailed that thing to the uh, front of the church, right? And those life-giving words um, have, have, have blessed so many people. Uh, but I was thinking about the most life-giving word. And I want you to flip over uh, to John chapter one. And this is what it says in the first few verses of the book of John. It says this, in the beginning, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light 
of men. Man, there's been some life-giving words that have been spoken. Abraham Lincoln and um, Chris Figaretti and all, all those words. But the most life-giving word is Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He is the word of God. And our world is starving for life right now, Vineyard. They are starving for life. With all the craziness that's happening in the world right now, they are looking for life. And the life that they are looking for is Jesus. He's the one that can bring life out of death. He's the, he's the one that can bring light out of darkness. He's the one that they are craving. Therefore, the best way you and I are, are able to speak life into this hurting world is through talking, speaking about Jesus. I want you to picture this. There is a massive hospital with everybody in the world in it. You and I are in there and our whole church family and um, all of Wheeling and all of the world is in this hospital. I mean, all of us um, have a hor horrible disease. Let's just call it COVID-19. I know there's a lot of different opinions on that, but um, it's just an analogy, right? So go with me. All of us are in this hospital. All of us have the coronavirus. And uh, that you're on your deathbed, and it's getting really bad. And uh, the nurses and doctors have come in, and they're like, we don't know how much longer you have. And a person comes in and says, hey, do you want a cure to this thing? And you're like, yeah, of, of course I do, but I'm about to die, and they don't have a cure, so I'm out of luck. He says, no, 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 I promise this, this is a cure. It helped me. It'll help you. And uh, that you take it, and it's a miracle. You are literally cured. Uh, it's an antidote that, that, that your heart starts beating fast again, and it's an absolute miracle that you are made well. And you hop up, and you hug the guy, and you're so excited, and he's about to leave, but he leaves you with one last thing. He says, oh, yeah, one more thing. Um, I'm going to leave you with an unlimited supply of this vaccine. And he walks out the doors. This is our situation in Christ. Our world is sick, y'all. Our world is broken. And we have the antidote. We have the cure. His name is Jesus, right? All of us at some point in our life have been in that hospital room passing away because of our sin. And someone has come in in a church service or, you know, a friend has told you about this or at a conference or something, and you've heard about the cure that is Jesus. You've heard that He's the way to eternal life. And at some point in our life, we've placed our faith in Him, and it's been a miracle. We've been saved. We've been snatched out of our old life and, and, and have, have been ultimately blessed with the cure. And just like the guy that leaves you with an unlimited supply of the cure, this is what Jesus has done with you and I. He's given us an unlimited supply of his love and his grace and his gospel and said, go and tell everyone in the world about what I've done. Go tell everyone about me. Go give everyone the cure that you have found. Except what Christians have done for too long is either we've hopped in the hospital bed again and slid the cure under the bed and acted like we're not healed, or hopped in a room with about a hundred other cured people 
with all of the antidote around the room, and we've just stayed in our holy huddle, isolated. But I want to encourage you, don't do either one of those. Our world is sick, it's broken, it's bloody, it's beat up, and it needs the gospel. It needs what you have. It needs the cure that you and I have. We can go room to room pleading with people to take the cure that is the gospel. This world needs it. It's the way we can speak life is through speaking about Jesus. Our words are a weapon. You are a witness. You are an eyewitness to the grace of God. You've tasted and seen the Lord is good. Your words can be a weapon for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Man, our words have weight. Your words have weight. You can either speak life or speak death. And how we speak life is we speak the truth in love. We don't lie. It's through encouragement we don't slander. And it's through speaking about Jesus rather than being silent. Our words have weight. But if we're honest, all of us understand that we all fall short of this. That we all tell lies. Small mostly, uh, but every now and then we tell a bigger lie. explains this in Proverbs chapter 19. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. And then this is how Jesus explained that same thing in the book of Matthew chapter 12. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Through your words you will be justified, and through your words you will be condemned. And then he explains why. Because out of, out of an abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words are a heart issue. How we can tell how our heart is with Jesus is through the words that we speak. And in the future sometime that there's going to be a courtroom. Exactly like we talked about at the beginning but ultimately, the Lord is going to be the judge. And He is a holy, just judge. And you're going to be on trial. And as it says here in Matthew 12, all of your words are going to be laid out in front of that holy judge. All of your actions, all of your heart posture, all the things you said and you didn't say are going to be out on display. And you're going to be guilty. I'm going to be guilty. We're all going to be guilty. And that holy God who's, who's in control of eternity and eternal life and eternal death, He's going to look at all those words and those actions that we've done. And here's the thing, we can't pay for it ourselves on this side of eternity. There's nothing we can do to earn His approval back. And if we say, okay, if I speak life from now on, then it's going to... No, 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 no. The only way that it can be paid for is through Jesus. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life in our place. He spoke life. He spoke truth in love. He lived a perfect life. He was crucified on a cross, and that paid for all of our sin. All of our careless words we've spoken for, He paid for it on the cross. And then on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave, conquering sin and death and everything. 
And through that perfect sacrifice of Jesus, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Through that perfect sacrifice of Jesus, if we've placed our faith in him, that holy, just judge is going to slam down the gavel and he's going to say, you're holy and blameless. You're forgiven. I don't hold you accountable for any of that because it's been put on Jesus. Explains in Romans chapter 3, Paul tells us that we can't earn righteousness through the law, uh, but rather the point of the law is uh, that it reveals our sinfulness and our need for Jesus. Here's his invitation uh, to you this morning, Christian or non-Christian. This is the invitation of Jesus and is found in John chapter 7. He says this, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Jesus' invitation to you, if you're thirsty, I mean, if you feel empty on the inside, if you're like, man, I've been, I've been trying to find life and all these different places can't find life, His invitation to you right now, this morning, is come and quench your thirst in the presence of God. It says this in Psalm 1611, In His presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You are invited to have a taste of the living water, the Holy Spirit. And if we get a taste of Jesus, and if we continue to place our faith in Jesus every single day, what will happen is that we will overflow rivers of living water. It will just come out of us. Everybody that we're around is just going to come out of us. They're going to be like, man, I just love being around them because they always speak life. Like I always feel like I'm encouraged afterwards. That's what's happening here. And our world is thirsty, guys. Christians are thirsty. Our world is thirsty. And you have what can quench their thirst. It's the Holy Spirit flowing out of your mouth. So let's pray real quick. And I want to give you a chance to respond to the message. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we're grateful uh, that you are real and uh, that you spoke this world into existence. And God, we're grateful that you're coming back one day and all things are going to be made right and, 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 and everything's going to be perfect again. Uh, but in the meantime, our world is broken and it's really thirsty. And God, you have blessed us Uh, to be made in your image, to speak life everywhere we go, to bring life and not death, to speak the truth, to encourage and speak of you. And I pray that you do what only you can do in this space. God, I pray for the people that are listening that are not Christians yet, that you would save them, that you would give them life. And I pray for the Christians who are listening, that they would repent that they would uh, come back to you, that they would turn from um, speaking slander and all the other things that we do, telling lies. God, and I pray that you would lead us into speaking life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, Vineyard, if you're here and you're listening right now to this message um, and 
and that you're not a Christian yet, but you heard this message and you realize, man, I, I need to place my faith in Jesus, please will you text us? Um, please will you let us know that you, you know, I wanna pray to receive Christ. Uh, I'm gonna have a number on the screen here uh, that you can text and we will respond to you right away. Man, let's go about speaking life. Your words have weight. My words have weight. We can speak life or speak death. Let's go speak life. I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.